Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. 535 and David Bowie with Back to Nagel and Rock 102. Today's the big day. Bonk and smoke day. Now, I know there are some people say, well, it's going to rain all day. They got a big tent out there. They not only got a big tent, but all the food is inside. Yeah. All the cigars are outside. It's all tented off. There'll be heaters. It'll be nice. Wear a jacket. Yeah. It'll it'll be a good time. Always a good time with the big bonk and smoke. Coming up today on the show, uh, you might want to get info on your car if it's worthy enough to go up to the lock cabin tonight. Uh, uh, Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports is going to join us. There's loads of car stuff. And then and then we got uh, we got Bob Alves talking about Wicked in Pink coming up at 7.45. And then at 8.45, what I thought was Gary Rome is actually uh, Dave Miner. I can see where you'd be confused. Well, it was a miscommunication among office staff, if you will. It's all resolved now, though. Yeah. But, but Dave, Dave Miner, the... Uh, the Mayflower Marathon Dave Miner match ends on Friday. He's going to be in the uh, the studio to talk on the phone to talk about it. It's a very busy show. You're damn right about that. Oh yeah, we also have uh, tickets to the uh, Monster Mash Screen Park at McCray's Farm in South Hadley. I don't know. When we're giving that away, I have no idea. We'll figure it out somehow. It's five thirty-six with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred and Two. New England Patriots. Rock One Hundred and Two Springfield's Classic Rock. It's five fifty-one. And Pink Floyd with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Gonna be crappy today, rainy and a high of 59, but tomorrow, sunny and a high of 73. It's 53 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. And in case of stormy weather, oh, yeah. uh, if you have storm damage affecting uh, your water, call Aqua Pump in Stafford Springs. Now? Uh, now. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, Loretta Lynn died yesterday at the age of 90. Never saw that coming. Wonder what happened. Her family released a statement saying that she passed away peacefully in her sleep at home at her beloved ranch in Hurricane Mills. Listen, she's a, uh, an iconic uh, individual in country music. 90 years old is a damn long run. Yeah. Here's a few facts about Loretta Lynn's remarkable life. Would you like to know? I would. She grew up poor. Yeah. Her mom used newspapers as wallpaper. She claims she was married at 13, not 15, like some sources say. And a few of her uh, songs got banned, including The Pill in 1975, because it was about contraception. Tell you what, she's a tough, uh, tough lady. She is a tough lady. Well... Not as tough as she used to be, but she was pretty tough. You know? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of a loss. Uh, Giselle Bunchton has reportedly hired a divorce lawyer, and Tom Brady is looking for one, too, although he's also, quote, trying to figure out what to do. Sources say their problems are at least partly due to Tom's unretirement. I'm, uh, I'm sure you're aware of my view from the couch this morning. Yes. In which I will be, uh directly tackling in which I have already directly tackled I was this say, very topic. I was going to say I listened to that from your couch in its entirety. I think it was one of the most well-written, well-versed uh, pieces of prose I've heard in a long, long time Bax. I can't argue with this, Steve. I yeah. poured my emotions into this. Uh, yeah, they decided that uh, Brady would retire, and then he decided by himself that he'd come back. Uh, she's very pro versus con person, and she sees very few pros to him playing anymore. 
Tom and Giselle have two kids, 12-year-old Benjamin and 9-year-old Vivian. Tom also has a 15-year-old son, John, with actress Bridget Moynihan. Who's from Longmeadow, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. maybe she'll get back together with him. I don't think so. How do you know? Because Tom Brady, even after all of this, could have any woman in the world. Wouldn't you want to be with the uh, the mother of your first child? No, not everybody feels that way. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> after push comes to shove, uh, sometimes you reorder the things in life and you just say, nah, I think I'm good with that. Angelina Jolie dropped some more abuse allegations against Brad Pitt. They were contained in a new court papers filed in the dispute over the French winery. The new accusations allegedly occurred on the pl- that plane ride that took place just days before Angelina filed for divorce in 2016. Angelina says Brad, quote, choked one of her the children and struck another in the face. He also grabbed Jolie by the head and shook her. Angelina says that Brad poured beer on her and poured beer and red wine on the kids. At one point during the chaos, Angelina says she jumped on Brad's back to stop him, and he, quote, threw himself backwards into the airplane seats, injuring Jolie's back and elbow. And she says, uh, quote, some of the children pleaded with Pitt to stop. They were all frightened. Many were crying. But thank you for flying Southwest. Yes, right? Yeah, Southwest. That's their own personal <laughs> private Southwest oh, I, I, jet. I, I thought they were free to move about the cabin. Uh, federal authorities did investigate the incident but declined to press charges. Probably because it's really hard to prove that somebody, you know, went off the rails like well, that. If it's a private jet, then the only witnesses would be the two of them and the kids and maybe the pilot. Maybe, but I'm pretty sure the pilot was just focused on flying the plane, getting these knuckleheads off their off his flight. Here's one mystery solved. Velma from Scooby-Doo is a lesbian. Well, at least in a new animated movie called Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. In clips, you can uh, see that she has an over-the-top smitten reaction to a villainous costume designer named Coco Diablo. She even blushes and her glasses fog up. Ooh. Wow. Now, this isn't exactly new news. It's never been said if the original writers meant for her to be gay. Probably not. But there have been a few fan theories for many years. Director James Gunn previously said he wanted to make her gay in the live-action movies, and the producer on the Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated series confirmed a few years ago that their version was. Uh, Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo hit streaming yesterday. So, You know, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. And while uh, I was always partial to Daphne for many many reasons um it didn't seem to matter much what uh, the sexual orientation was of velma to me just like 30 40 years later it means virtually nothing to me now uh, live and let live she's a cartoon character well but she has needs just like every other cartoon character out there steve she's not real yeah she's a figment of the imagination of its creator. Is that Mr. Machine carpeted? I don't know. There are drapes in the windows. Uh, I don't know if they're matching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, six in ten people credit a celebrity with helping them push through a personal limit. Some of these uh, celebrity role models include The Rock, Rebel Wilson, Tyler Perry, and Selma Blair. None of those people I have ever looked up to. Well, maybe The Rock. The Rock's got a good... Uh, He's got a good head on his shoulders. ...sense of, uh, you know, citizen citizenship. You know what I mean? Good citizenship. But if you're taking that much inspiration from a celebrity, an actor, yeah. or whatever, what does that say about you? I don't know, but Steve Harvey made the list at number 16. 
Well, you know, he has turned his life around. You know, one minute he's calling out the wrong name of the Miss America, and the next minute he's doing surveys on Family Feud. Absolutely. He's yeah. right back on track. Uh, J-Lo is on the list. Uh, Bear Grylls. That's the that's the the survivor guy, right? Yeah. Whatever he does. Richard Simmons. Okay. And Tyler Perry. And Tyler Perry. And Tyler Perry. Yeah. I don't know. I never really looked up to that, any, any of them. I, again, though, The Rock. I would see him being somebody to look forward hey, look Rich, to. Hey, Richard, too. You know, he lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Kept it off forever until he disappeared. He probably gained it all back. Wouldn't that be a kick in the face? Well, that's probably why you can't find a guy. Think about that. Loaded with, loaded with empty Ben and Jerry cartons. By the way, Kim Kardashian's starting a new crime podcast. She's going to get to the bottom of a bloody murder. No kidding. Yeah. She must have had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I reached the bottom of a bloody murder was when Ray J sloppy kissed Ann Flo from Red China and that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn <sighs> for thirty nine ninety five. She's in town for a few days. <laughs> and... Uh, Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once rode the Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. I took the red line to Shady Grove. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is when the river ran red, I took the dirt trail. <laughs> and Kanye? You never you never did that? No, I've never done that. No. Uh, well, you know, if there's blood in the mud, Max. <laughs> right, and Kanye? I won't be able to talk about anything until Friday when my weekend starts. That's when I pick up the kids. That's when I'll be able to commentate on anything that has been going on with me and Cam. Probably smart. It is a court order that I am not allowed to talk anymore. That's why he's a genius. Such an injustice. And that's your Hollywood T-Rash and Rock 102. I got Nothing says f- And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, we live in an organized society in which all of our most needy citizens are fully entitled to know every living, breathing detail of stuff they have no business knowing anything about. Doesn't matter if it's a medical condition, an employment situation, or the status of somebody else's interpersonal relationships. If I have achieved any level of notoriety, then clearly everybody should be consulted and properly notified. For example, Yesterday, the New York Post reported that former Patriots quarterback Tom Brady and his wife Giselle have both hired divorce attorneys and are seeking to split their outrageous financial assets. And, as you would expect, the internet and various social medias have done gone lost their ever-loving minds. How could this happen? How could we not know? How could this perfect couple have an imperfect life? Were other people involved? What about the children? And why were none of us given a heads up until the New York Post dropped the dime of this entire situation? How could we, the blissfully ignorant public, be left in the dark during this very emotional time? Well, here's an idea. Maybe you're hearing about it now because it's none of your damn business. Maybe there are things that go on in the world that don't require your involvement. Maybe Tom Brady and Giselle are seeking a divorce for reasons that are too personal to share with every knuckle-dragon moron who thinks that the information superhighway ends at their front door. Well, guess what? It doesn't. It's simply none of your business who divorces whom, who gets fired from where, or who who comes down with a bad case of what. When I got divorced, it took me nearly 18 months to share that publicly because it was nobody's business. And yet... People were under the impression that it was. I say, 
Let's worry about ourselves for a moment and let Brady's the Brady's enjoy a hot second of privacy. And if they're willing to share what's going on right now, they'll let you know, but not until they're ready. So don't get your tabloids up in a bundle because I'm sure this is quite painful enough without you feeling that you have a right to know about it. But hey, and if my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Keith is a man of steel. Keith at the Islam Metal Rockies is a steel train expert. Steel chainsaws or any kind of steel power equipment, Keith knows what he's talking about. Good people, steel people like Keith and rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 611 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be rainy today with a high of 59. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. It is uh, 53 now in uh, downtown Springfield. Here's the 1-1. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. This is Judgment Day. Case closed. Oh! Yeah, yeah, there you go. Wow, the That's first time John Sterling got up of his seat in uh, 26 years. <laughs> Oh my goodness, there's a game going on. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I just spilled my bromo seltzer all over the place. Now, there's a guy I thought would be dead by now. <laughs> how, how old is John Sterling? I, yeah, I don't even know how uh, how old he is, but uh, he's been doing that for as long as I can remember. Listen, you you know as uh, as well as anybody that I, uh, I do not he's, like the New York Yankees. By the way, John Sterling is 84 years old. He's still calling ball games at eighty-four years old. Yeah, please, I w- I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't last that long. Um, but as you know, I'm yeah. not a fan of the Yankees. But no. but even I, uh, who was you know, generally uh, cold-hearted and uh, and apathetic about yeah. Yankees baseball, uh, I thought that was really cool last night. That was it was awesome, and uh, and that know. just shows that I that I have some level of humanity, Steve. I'm not just no, a, not really. a cold, uh, you know. Automatron that's just you know bumping through life. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll hear a view from the couch about how bad the Yankees are or something at some point in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, what a great uh, feat! Uh, you know, it hasn't been done since uh, nineteen. What was it? Nineteen. It was 1961 yeah. that Roger Maris had hit 61 home runs, one more than than Babe Ruth. Right. And yeah, if you ever read up or, or, or saw the movie about uh, 61, yeah. So many people were uh, were up uh, Roger Maris's uh, you know what I own that movie. Okay, so you've seen it. Yeah. So many people didn't want him to break Babe Ruth's record. I mean, they were just uh, flat out cruel to the guy. I don't know of anyone who didn't want to see Aaron Judge pop number sixty two. I, I can't imagine anybody didn't really want to see it because well, it's a remarkable milestone to be able to do this twenty years after the steroid era. Fantastic. Well, the other night somebody didn't want him to do it because they walked him. Well, that's different. Yeah. That's you know, that's just 
that's a strategic you know, no, it, that's, it, I don't decision. Wanna, I don't want to be the guy to give up the, the home run. Who was the pitcher that did that last night? Uh, Texas starter Jesus yeah. Tanako. No one ever going to remember that. Jesus Tendako's never gonna forget it. Yeah, well, I'm sure he won't forget it, but he uh, nobody's ever when they associate when years down the road when they say, "Oh, who's got the most uh, home runs in a season?" and it's uh, Aaron Judge. Yeah, who, and then someone will say, "Who threw that big fat meatball at Aaron Judge?" and uh, on uh, October fourth, yeah. it was Jesus Tanako. We'll be all looking through our Google Glass trying to find the answer <laughs> when that happens. So remember a couple of days ago we were having this conversation about you know say let's say you are the guy that catches uh, you know home run number sixty two you catch that ball that yeah. ball is yours you know what do you do with it I don't know if you saw the the uh, the video of the guy catching the ball there was another guy uh, not too far away from him that tried to jump over the ledge to yeah. grab this ball he wind, he <laughs> yeah he misses he lands he's uninjured. But immediately scored it out, out of the uh, the uh, the ballpark. Well, yeah, because you can't do stuff like that. You're not supposed to jump off the ledge for a ball. But I'm surprised nobody died because that's the kind of thing that people go nuts for. Like that guy did. That's what things people go nuts for. You're gonna fight the person to get that ball. Yeah. How many how many times have we seen a foul ball go into the stands and then the adult swipes it away from the kid that caught it? Yeah, but everybody around them kind of berates that guy. It's like, come on, give it back yeah. to the kid. But in a case like this, where that baseball at auction could sell anywhere between two to five million dollars, and there are some people who think, you know, if you really have any humanity in you at all, right. you'll give that baseball back to Aaron Judge. But if I'm looking at a two million dollar uh, payday at auction, minimum two million bucks, yeah, I'm I'm keeping that ball. Until uh, Sotheby's Auction House Listen, says we're ready to go. Yeah, I would sell it right away. I, I changed my mind on this. I was thinking about this over the weekend, and I'm like, these guys have enough money, more money than God. Let let the person who catches the ball win. However, the guy who caught this ball ain't some uh, poor radio host from Springfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> he He runs a hedge fund. He runs like a like an investment firm that d- deals with 197 billion dollars worth of worth of people's money. Right. I don't think he's going to need the money. It's more about for him it's more about I'm going to put this in my my living room in one of my mansions. Yeah. You know, but okay, so that's he's just lucky he got it. But if right. it had been anybody else, any other sap that winds up accidentally yeah. catching that ball, you sell it. And you don't sell it to Aaron Judge. That's a guy that just turned out a two hundred thirty, a two hundred thirteen million dollar contract. Yeah, he could buy balls all day long. Somebody sent me something the other day about Mark McGuire's home run ball that they wanted back. They were going to give him like an autographed shirt or something like that, and then they were, you know, oh, thanks for for giving that ball back. Well, the guy said no, and he sold it for like a million dollars. Yeah, a couple days later. Like that's, days later. Listen, that's the way to do it. You sell while while the interest is still high. But you know, sixty two home runs. Yeah, you got the ball. Even if even if you are you know worth a couple million dollars running a hedge fund, you know you're, you're right. not going to turn away two to five million dollars in easy cash. Here's my question about things like that, though. Like you caught this ball. Okay, you're on camera. You caught the ball. 
How does anybody know that that's the authentic ball that came from that particular home run? What's to stop this guy from walking out and going, "I'm just going to go grab another uh, Rawlings and, uh, you know, throw it in, throw it in the in the in the mix." <sighs> How does anybody authenticate that that was the ball? Once you, I mean, there's no documentation of it. You caught True. this ball at a game. Nobody signed it for you because you weren't going to hand it over to anybody, right? Well, who's to say that that he's not going to try to sell a, a fake? You know, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I believe that official game balls are... Watermarked or something? Are, are different than the balls you would buy, say, like at a Dick's. <laughs> balls. <laughs> balls. Anyway, uh, but I think they, they are just, they're different. So mm-hmm. that way they can authenticate when these things happen. Plus, they also have this guy on video. Yeah. And he was wearing a Texas Rangers hat. Ain't nobody in that in that ballpark wearing a Texas Rangers hat because it's the Texas Rangers. Right. But I, I'm just, I'm still like, it's so hard to prove to anybody other than this video evidence that you have yeah. that this particular item that I have in my hand is the actual ball and not just something I fake. Actually, we got calls on this. All right. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning. This is John. Hey, John. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to let Stephen Bax know that when it comes down to these uh, historic landmark things, they mark those balls so that they know which one it is. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I thought. I mean, there's you know the, any other ball and during any other game that may not have the same historical uh, uh, you know, relevance. You know, it's just a regular ball, Correct. but something like this, you know. Major League Baseball is usually yes, pretty when, good at this at this kind yeah. of thing. When Aaron Judge comes up to bat, they have a series of balls that they have marked already so that they know. Yeah, they're usually numbered or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, well, very cool. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. All right, All right well, that answers my uh, question. It blows my theory out of the water that yeah, well, uh, some hedge fund guy is going to screw somebody. Why, why must you be so cynical to think everyone's trying to run a scam? He's a hedge fund guy. Oh, yeah, that's why. Uh, rock. No, see, nobody's there anymore. Yeah, that's I think right. we. I think because we got the answer that we were looking for. So apparently, someone says that uh, you know they are numbered and authenticated, and the umpire has ten special balls at each at bat. So every time he goes up. That's a possibility that that's the ball that you know it's marked and clearly identified that this is in fact an authenticated or, yeah. or a ball that can be authenticated as it goes to auction. Which, whether it's Aaron Judge or anybody else, at some point someone is going to wind up unloading that ball at auction. Whatever happened, uh, wasn't there an issue with the Red Sox when the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series that the ball was put in? Was it Tim Wakefield's pocket or some, somebody put it in their back pocket and then they couldn't find the ball ever again? I remember uh, this being like Keith Falk. Keith Falk. Yeah. So did he put it? Did, did they ever find the ball? I gotta remember. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but I think uh, I think they did find that ball. Yeah. But I'm sure that's a perfectly authenticated ball too. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like you know, uh, how how aggressive were they were to go after that ball? Yeah, I know. I don't know. Uh, I would I would turn around and sell it now for the for the couple of million dollars. I would too. Yeah. I wouldn't jump a fence though. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, jump over a ledge to get it. See, I wouldn't want to be even in the general facility. Uh, general vicinity of where that ball lands, like because if you know you're not going to catch it. Yeah, but the ball lands like you know it's two people in front of you. 
You know how many people are going to be diving for that thing? Like everybody in the everybody in the brothers going to be diving for that thing. Yeah, you know, when you get that ball, you leave that building. Yeah, right away because every knucklehead around you is going to want to beat the living snot out of you trying to get that ball in their hands. Did I know he, I would. Did this guy leave? I don't know if he left. I mean, it was early in the game. I would, I would take that ball and I would walk out the door. Unless, of course, Aaron Judge hits number sixty-three, and then all of a sudden that ball means less. Or does it? Not really, because sixty—that would be the record-breaking ball. So you, you the record-breaking right. ball is still going to be worth something. But yes, every ball after that is still going to be worth something. I don't know what's. I, but does it want to be worth more than? Number 62? I think I would think that the ball that broke the record of um, Mick, uh, Roger Maris, Roger Maris I, somebody, that ball would be worth a hell of a lot more than even the sub- subsequent balls that came I out. I don't know, man. That's, that's a really good question. You know, what's, what's more valuable, the one that broke the record or the one that holds, now holds the record? I don't know. That's, That's a good, a good, good question. It is a good Ooh, question. Look at you with a good question. I can't believe it. it's the first good question I've had in oh six God. months. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about 624 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Imagine a job. It's 626 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Someone just let me know that the uh, the guy that caught the Roger Maris ball in 1961 yeah. sold that ball for only $5,000. In 1961. Which isn't surprising because we weren't we just talking about, I was talking about Nolan Ryan all the way up until the 70s who wins the World Series and only gets paid seven grand for the year and has to go back working as an HVAC tech back in Texas. Yeah, I know. That's probably just proportionate. When when did we start putting all this value into in into like sports contracts and things like that? What like what when did that really start to it, take off? It, so it started to change, you know, back in the seventies or so when free agency became a, a, a real thing. Before that, free agency didn't exist, and so if you were signed for a team, you basically stayed there forever until the team got rid of you and you basically signed the contracts that they were giving you. But once free agency was approved, all of a sudden, the economics of baseball changed dramatically. And that's what's happened. And and it's 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 snowballed ever since. So there you go. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah I never knew how that, uh, that whole thing culminated. There's your answer right there. Uh, Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports will be joining us uh, this morning, and I'll be talking uh, cars with Mike, and there's some other stuff uh, this uh, this morning, too. Lots of other stuff. Right. we got news next to Rock 102. 6.30. We're back to Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car. Whether you trade it or not, here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bags. A tractor-trailer crash uh, shut down Exit 2 on I-91 North this morning. It happened at the Longmeadow Curve. Exit 2 is the uh, Forest Park East Longmeadow exit off-ramp. Uh, there was at least one tractor-trailer involved, but as of uh, 4.50 a.m., traffic was not impacted. Road is now open, I guess. All right. I think. You know, if, if nobody updates the story, how am I supposed to tell you if there's no traffic issue there? Well, uh, what time did this happen? Well, as of 4.50, traffic was not impacted. But it's also 6.30 now, and uh, the commute picks up. It would be kind of nice to have that kind of information at our disposal. If we had, like, a, like, like a whole panel of cameras, mm. you know, all over the, the, the trouble spots around the, uh, the highways and stuff. You mean ones that actually worked? 
Yes. Yes, you that would be helpful. You go on DOT website and look at the cameras. They're all out. Because <laughs> I think they're coin-operated. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. You got to put the quarter in to see uh, oh, like binoculars? Oh, we got to go back and get a crap load of dimes. A uh, tractor trailer struck and killed a moose along the mass turnpike in Westfield. Tuesday morning. As Tuesday, Police Lieutenant Paul Sullivan said at around 6.30 a.m., a 2016 Volvo tractor-trailer truck uh, struck and killed a moose standing on the road of I-90 in Westfield. The tractor-trailer had serious front-end damage. The 61-year-old man driving the tractor-trailer is from Johnstown, New York, and was uninjured. Uh, police state, uh, state Police Sergeant Mike O'Neill said it's seasonal, just like deer and bears. It's getting to be the mate, that mating season, so the males will start to wander. Oh, yeah. yeah that's it. You know, Going into ver- town looking for them bitches. It's a very powerful urge, as you know, Steve. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> when my moose gets a notion in its head. Yeah. One minute he's hanging out with a squirrel friend or looking for upsidasium. Next thing you know, there's uh, there's moose there's moose action across the street. Then you, you cross the pike and yeah. pow! Bam! You get hit by a tractor trailer. That's it. The last thing you wanted was all you wanted to do was get laid. That's it. And now you now you're now you're now they're picking your brains up off of I ninety with a <laughs> shovel. Instead you're laid you're laid out you're laid out on the side of a highway. Uh Sergeant O'Neill said just be more cognizant that there could be an animal near the road or in the road, especially at night when visibility is uh, reduced. The moose carcass was donated to a veterans association. Environmental police were able to secure the moose's head for biological examination. Hey, uh, the vet's home's got a good moose dinner. <laughs> See, the Moose Lodge is having a dinner for veterans, and yeah. the veterans are having moose for dinner. This is uh, this is the way it goes. Man, life is so ironic sometimes. You think when that moose got hit, a squirrel came out and said, And now here's something you'll really like. <laughs> I, I would assume it's possible. A Feeding Hills man is facing a charge of second-degree manslaughter after turning himself into Connecticut State Police Monday for a deadly car accident that occur- occurred nearly one year ago. On November 12th of 2021, at around 12.42 a.m., 24-year-old Dominic Meisel Grassati of Feeding Hills was traveling on I-91 northbound in Enfield when he struck the back of another vehicle driven by 60-year-old Fernando LeBron of Chicopee. LeBron died from his injuries in that accident. State police say Grassati admitted to drinking one beverage containing alcohol before the crash. His eyes were reportedly glassy and smelled of alcohol during the investigation. Grassati uh, reported no injuries and failed a field sobriety test. He was arrested and charged with DUI. State police searched his vehicle and found five empty 50-milliliter vodka bottles. Uh, those are the schnips. Five. Five. Whew. That's that's more than one that he claimed he had. One empty alcohol. Well, but you know what? If you put it all in one, uh, like, a, like a travel mug, all five shots. That's considered one drink. That's Yeah, that's right. That's one cocktail of, of vodka. It's like the way I used to drink. I only had one, and it was like Jim Beam all the way up to the top with a little splash of ginger ale for color. Yeah, no, I've seen how you mix drinks. Yeah. One is like five oh, or remember, more. Remember I gave you, uh, I nagled you? You you nagled me, and yeah. I could actually set my breath on fire. Yeah, well, hey, that's the way I, that's, hey, go big or go home, Bex. <laughs> Anyway, an arrest warrant was later issued on September 20th for his arrest for second-degree manslaughter. Grisotti turned himself in and appeared in court on Monday. He's being held on a $150,000 bond. A Ludlow man was arrested Sunday after allegedly threatening to kill and assaulting an officer with a large dog. According to Ludlow Police Chief Daniel Veladas, around 7.45 p.m., 
Officers were called to a complaint from a woman asking for help with an, quote, out-of-control man at a home on Miller Street near Oak Knoll Circle. The man, identified as 25-year-old Bradley Caverly of Ludlow, immediately began to confront officers and allegedly threatened to kill them with his dog, a large black lab mix named Bear. The dog was showing aggressive uh, behavior, growling and lunging at the officers, and eventually bit one of them in the thigh. That officer attempted to use his taser, but it didn't work. More officers arrived and used their tasers on Caverly and the dog. Caverly was resisting arrest against five officers, but was eventually arrested. Hmm. Well, again, uh, you don't want to mess with the dog, especially a dog named Bear. That sounds like 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 a badass name for a dog. Or Cujo. Cujo would be would be yeah. intimidating. You know, if you got one like a, you know, you know, you know, Mr. Squeaks, you know, no one's going to be intimidated by that. You know, in order for you to get a black lab to be aggressive, you really got to, like, treat that thing poorly in order for it to be angry all the time. See, uh, our dog, Lou, you know, uh, on the outside, looks like a very powerful and, uh, you know, potentially deadly dog. But he is he is going to in the worst case scenario, he will lick you to death. Yeah. And and that's all he's really capable of doing at his age. He's like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're robbing stuff. All right. I'll just just sit here and watch you do it. Hey, there's uh, there's coffee on the counter. Mm hmm. You want to make me one, too? (laughs) While you're up. Yeah. Two sugars, by the way. Yeah. Good silverware is in that left hand drawer there. You can take that with you. Oh, don't go into there because the good stuff's over here. I, I picture your dog uh, like the Dave's Pet City dog when he used to have the with the clothespin over its nose. Oh, man, let me tell you something. That dog can light them up. Hey, man. Bad. Wally cleared the room the other night. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? You ever have to express the glands? You ever have to do that one? Uh, no. Yeah, no. I've seen dogs that needed that uh, procedure done, and it ain't pretty. I won't, uh, I won't get into any detail, but, uh, my late wife once had to, a uh, remove a sock that was eaten. That was, uh... A sock? Yeah. That was, uh, dangling, if you will. Oh, my God. Yeah. Needed a little help. She got some rubber gloves Yeah. And, uh, well, so, now you know why you're so, unable to match up the socks. She got some, yeah, well, I never was. Never was able to. Usually they just wind up in the backyard and look like rainbow-colored dog poo. <laughs> oh, springtime is here. It's, it's the time when the rainbow-colored dog poo appears after the snow melts. <sighs> they eat the darndest things, don't they? It's, it was disgusting. It was, hey, you know, uh, she felt that uh, that was the time uh, that she was called to duty. Literally. Literally. Yeah. A uh, father and son that own two restaurants in Woburn have been arrested and charged with human smuggling. It is nice to see a father and son uh, work together, though. Yeah, I know. The 64-year-old father, Jesse James Morris, and uh, 42-year-old son, Hugo Giovanni Morris, uh, own Taste of Brazil, Tudo and Brasa, and The Dog House in Woburn. They have been charged with conspiring to encourage and induce an alien to come to, enter, and reside in the United States for the purpose of commercial advantage or private financial gain, knowing and in reckless disregard of the fact that such uh, coming, I don't know, it's a, they're, they're human smuggling people. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, and I'm not a fan of that by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but you're right. Yeah. 
fathers and sons don't uh, always get a chance to enjoy good time together. A uh, third person, 29-year-old Marcos Chekhan, was also... Oh, it's Chekhan. Chekhan. Was also charged for knowing transfer of a false identification document. In addition, Brazilian resident Chelby Williams... Uh, the brother and uncle of the two other suspects was charged in a four-count indictment Tuesday with conspi- conspiracy to encourage and induce an alien to illegally enter the U.S. for financial gain. That's a whole family operation. No kidding. You'd like to think that families uh, you would find something probably a little less illegal to do, you know, like camping or, uh, say, uh, like outdoor activities. You would think that would be the case. Yes. But it is not. It's too bad. Uh, a 60-year-old flight attendant is facing charges for stealing jewelry in the TSA line at Reagan National Airport uh, near D.C. on Monday. Her name is Rebecca Valley, and she works for a regional carrier called Republic Airways. Ooh, the good airline. <laughs> a passenger took a bracelet off to go through security, and it vanished. So they told a TSA worker who checked the security footage it showed Rebecca in her uniform taking the bracelet and walking off with it. Airport police caught up with her in the terminal and arrested her. The owner said the bracelet is worth about $8,000. No word on whether Rebecca will be keeping her job or not, but uh, probably not. She's facing charges for grand larceny. That's wrong? You can't do that? No. Listen, I know that uh, flight attendants are grossly underpaid, but uh, stealing an $8,000 bracelet from the TSA line is not a good idea. No, but uh, you know you can certainly see uh, that uh, someone who's got real expensive jewelry probably can afford to miss a piece here or there. Yeah, someone who's down on their luck, you know, doing uh, you know crummy work like airline attending. Well, if you're sixty years old and you're an airline attendant, then you're thinking of retirement. retirement. Yeah, you know what's what's going to bolster my uh, my pension. I used to work for uh, what's a defunct airline now. Uh, Pan Am. Yeah, Pan Am. Yeah. Right. I got the Pan, but I never got the Am. I'm coming back for my my vengeance on the 401k. <laughs> they took all away from me. You can see why they would be consumed with with uh, with remorse and, and a vendetta. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with a high of 59. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. Right now in downtown Springfield, it's 52. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Oh. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 649 in Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy today and a high of 59. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 53. It is 52 right now in downtown Springfield. Looking like decent weather for Friday uh, for the uh, Mighty Oktoberfest of the Student Prince from 530 to 730. I'll be there with the road crew. Uh, it's going on at the Fort Street October 7th and 8th. The festivities kick off on Friday with annual tapping of the keg. I'll be there with uh, trailer trash and a very rare Springfield area appearance. Uh, a great night of fun with beer and brats and burgers and large pretzels. That camembert cheese is so good. Even the salad with that Roquefort dressing is fantastic. And might I suggest eating meat by the shank. Uh, while you're there, stop by the Rock 102 table for your chance to win all kinds of great prizes. It's this Friday, 530 to 730 at the Mighty Oktoberfest of the Student Prince in Springfield from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You want to get benchmarked? I do want to get benchmarked. Let's get benchmarked. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. We're doing this early because we've got guests coming up later on this yes, morning. and God forbid we miss this bit. Yes. Contractually obligated to do this. Go on. 
let's see. Uh, we'll kick off uh, with uh, clip number one from uh, Aaron Judge. We heard the radio call. Here is the TV call. Oh, I get it. Case closed because he's the judge. He, oh, I see. Yeah, what, I, see what know, I get that. What did, I get uh, that. What did uh, John Sterling say? He said something uh, <laughs> about legal briefs or something like that. I don't know what he I said. Don't he remember. said something. Anyway. Uh, and here's a note. Uh, Jesus Tinoco. Is that how you say it? Tanaco, I Tanaco. think. Well, he was on the mound for the Texas Rangers. The ball flew into the first row of seats in left field just as Judge was leading off the second game of a day-night doubleheader. Uh, Aaron Judge, 30 years old. Unbelievable. Well, think, yeah. about, think about this. Uh, you know, both Aaron Judge and Roger Maris got their home run records yeah. uh, playing a 162-game schedule. But not to forget the uh, the magnificence of Babe Ruth. He hit 60 home runs in a 154-game schedule. Eight games less. Right. And that was what the whole asterisk thing was about. Right. Because the number of games was different. But now... Right. Now you got the same number of games between Maris and Judge. Boom! You got hundred. You got uh, sixty-two home runs in a single season in the American League. That's a hell of an accomplishment. So I wonder how many more Babe Ruth would have gotten if he had eight more games. Ooh, or how many he would have gotten if he stayed in the Red Sox uniform? That would be a good uh, question. That's to a damn good question. Uh, here's a uh, clip number two. Listen as a first responder gets fed up with two women who are more intent on making YouTube content than the matter at hand. Uh, this woman got herself stuck in a washing machine. One of them took a dare, <laughs> got stuck in the dryer. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, yeah. I don't know if it's dryer or washing machine. It was a dryer. It. All right. So here is, uh, he's trying to get her out, but they are not helping. Here we go. I'm going to lift you up again. Okay. Oh my God. Can you- Cindy, this I'm putting this on the internet. No. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this on YouTube. Right now. We can get you out, okay? <laughs> Let her head come out. No, no, I we can't. Let me see your head. <laughs> okay. Dude, you're never doing a damn again. Ladies, yeah, I, I don't think you understand that you will be paying for this 911 call. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do my job here. Now oh get your feet back gosh. out, ma'am. We'll wrap them in this towel right here okay. against the back wall. You ready for okay. this? Get her out. Okay. Don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. She's a, she's an idiot that went into a dryer. You put yourself in that situation. Don't hurt her. Did you did you see the video of this? No, I have I haven't so so I, I I have. audio. So if you can imagine it, so yeah. there's a you know, it's a it's a, you know, a front loading dryer, mm-hmm. like most of them are, and she's hanging out ass first in this dryer, and she's wedged in here. Like her legs and her head are still in the dry, and her arms are still in the dryer. Right. Only her backside is out of this thing. So you got to figure out how to move her in a way that at least one <sighs> extremity can get out. Yeah. So this guy, uh, like he said, just trying to do his job, trying to rescue her, and uh, these two, the other idiots are like, oh, 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 I'm gonna put this on the internet. This is gonna be so oh, great, so cool. This is gonna be so great on Instagram. Ugh, people suck. They do. They, they, they do. really do. Uh, and now here is a woman and her pet parrot singing Radiohead's Creep. Oh, God. Just because. I don't care if it hurts. I want to have 
this, this is animal abuse. Yeah, I know. This it's is not ridiculous. even a good Radiohead song. What are you talking about? This is a great song. All right, you know, that's not that's not you, singing you, along. No, why, it's, why it's, are they it's, saying it's, that? It's hardly a duet. I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to, you know, you have a an impressive bird, play the OK Computer album for, for a while, see if it if it sticks. Now that's a good record. That sounds like uh, the days of mingles when somebody was trying to go up and sing karaoke <laughs> to woo one of the Neanderthals <laughs> that was walking through the door, dragging their knuckles across the ground. I miss electrocution. Ah. Uh, you come home with me? <laughs> I will, Steve. <laughs> and there you go. It's 6.55, and that's Now Hear This with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Fall is here. Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman, Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, that's it. Aaron Judge of the Yankees jacked home run number 62 last night to become the all-time American League leader in home runs, obliterating the 61-year-old record set by Roger Maris in 1961, belting the snout of the ball thrown by Ranger starter Jesus Tanaka on the road in the second game of a doubleheader. Aaron Judge did the unthinkable, crushing a long-standing milestone 20 years after the steroid era, just as he was wrapping up the final regular season on his contract. Now, if you're like me, it's exciting stuff, even if it happens to be a player for the New York Yankees. But the real question isn't how much he's going to make next year or how many more home runs he'll hit this afternoon in the final game of the regular season. No, the real question is, who was the lucky little jerk to snag that ball? According to reports, that lucky little jerk is Corey Eumanns from Dallas, Texas. Now, unlike that one fella that tried to grab the ball by jumping off the ledge where he landed uninjured but immediately ejected from the stands, unfortunately, without the ball, it was Eumanns who was the guy who grabbed it instead. That ball, based on his historical significance, is expected to grab anywhere between 2 to $5 million at auction. What's this fella going to do with the Aaron Judge baseball? According to Eumanns, he doesn't know. He hasn't really given it much thought. Now, while the compassionate thing to do would be to give the ball back to Aaron Judge, I think it's safe to say that most people would do the exact opposite. And I would be among those people to fall into that category because in my mind, Aaron Judge would have just bought me a Lexus, maybe even two of them, and a hot tub, and an air hockey table, and a new house, and perhaps an early retirement. Would I give that ball back to Aaron Judge and have him enjoy as in, as in a precious memo? Unless he's signing with the Red Sox in the offseason, I say hell no. And that's not even a given. Listen, this guy's sitting on a jackpot that's going to change his life forever. It would for me. Meanwhile, Aaron Judge has turned down $213 million for a contract extension. I'm pretty sure he can buy his own balls, including that one, several times over. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Replace the blade in your circular saw, five bucks. Get a new set of paddle blades, five bucks. It's the five buck bitten blade sale at Rocky's. DeWalt and Irwin drill bit sets and saw blade sets. Check your toolbox, see what you're missing. And then hit the five buck bits and blade sale at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch.
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 710 and George Thorogood with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 59, uh, sunny and a high of 73 for tomorrow. It is 52 right now in downtown Springfield. Oh, it's good to welcome back our very good friend Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports. How you doing, Michael? Good morning, guys. How's it going today? Hey, you know what? I saw a car I want to buy. It says uh, Florida Vehicle. (laughs) Only... (laughs) Slightly wet. Slightly used. <laughs> slightly damaged. <laughs> well, you know, what's what's going on in the aftermath of, of Hurricane Ian is a lot of cars were, you know, not partially fully submerged. And these generally tend to make pretty bad used vehicle buys. But um, what... what people don't realize is that flood-damaged cars are often transported well beyond their uh, original region. They're going to be shipped out of Florida after a major storm like this uh, to locations where states kind of allow the titles to have obscure names and numbers to hide the fact that they're a salvage. That's crazy. So, I mean, how difficult is that to do, to falsify that kind of information? Uh, it, it, it's not it's not too difficult because the the people that that go to uh, when it, when a car is is salvaged or, or or is heavily damaged it goes to a general auction and this is you know kind of the the dregs of the automotive world where where used car uh, uh, owners of used car lots will will buy a bunch of cars and try to resell them and and the the people that run the used car business know which states they can take cars to to get the, the, the title kind of cleaned up. Um, if, if a car is a total loss, uh, the, the car is supposed to then get a new title called a salvage title. Uh, sometimes some states you know, make it really clear that, that the titles are, are branded or salvaged or flood or are stated on the actual physical paper itself that is the, the car title. But some states allow uh, obscure letters or, or, or a number code. And, and this is not very clear to the average, average consumers. I mean, people will resell cars um, that have been flood damaged to unsuspecting buyers. They also might have something called a rebuilt uh, title. But, I mean, there, there's something to, to be said for just buyer beware. I mean, 20-plus years working at Consumer Reports, the general adage is, if it sounds too be good, too good to be true, it probably is. One of the, so one of, one of the things that's wary of this. One of the things that was in Consumer Reports was a was a was basically information from Carfax that said there were 378,000 flooded cars that were back on the road by 2021 last year. If you're buying a car and you're buying a used car, how do you know? I mean, I, I mean, it sounds like there's really not much you can do. I mean, it may be a great deal or it may not be a great deal, but how do you know that uh, that a car has been, you know, waterlogged? Well, Carfax does offer a free flood damage uh, check in addition to the like the regular vehicle history. Uh, they might say that these checks show you know a possibility of flood damage, and those are air quotes used kind of um, kind of. Uh, vaguely, but um, th- there's just there's kind of some simple things. I mean, a- again, it's like if, if you could look at, a, at a, almost a new car with very few miles on it, and they're surprisingly cheap, then um, your your you know your your spidey senses should be tingling. Um, Ooh, I mean, you're, you're probably better at at judging whether a car has been flood damaged than you think. 
I mean, when you just use your, the basic senses that you have, what you can see, what you can feel, what you can smell, when you're inspecting a car, you could see uh, areas where there might be some water damage or there might be some, some lines of, of mud. I mean, the, the, the chief number one place to look is the lowest part of the car, and that's usually the trunk or the cargo area where the spare tire holds. That, that's where the sentiment, the sediment is going to, is going to go, go down to. And you also stick your nose in the carpets, and, and see if it, if it smells musty or moldy. Um, you know, these are things that you kind of have to be aware of. But again, just be very suspicious of a car that looks perfect and really doesn't cost a lot of money. This is uh, Mike Quincy from uh, Consumer Reports. I was just looking at a, at a story this week that uh, that came out. So, you know, obviously, with the with the economy being uh, a, a big question mark, and you've had supply chain issues now since the beginning of COVID, and and everything else. With the economy being what it is, and they're expecting to be a major drop in car sales in the next, you know, six to 12 months or whatever it may be, General Motors has now outsold Toyota in the United States for the third quarter. Uh, I got to believe that if you're Toyota or any other uh, automaker, uh, this has got to be kind of uh, real concerning news because... You're looking after three years of having trouble getting an inventory out to consumers. And now you're facing lots of question marks heading into the next 12 months in the economy. This has got to be a real fretful time for people. Uh, It it is. And and I think to, to Toyota's defense, they've had tougher times getting the, the, the really important microchips that, that these, these vehicles demand and and you know general motors has been telling its customers listen um you know last year or two years ago this car had heated seats and usually this trim level will come with it but because of the microchip microchip shortage it's not equipped with it uh but it might be someday so um you know i think toyota is just refusing to sell vehicles that aren't fully equipped which might be part of the reason they lost the sales race. But, I mean, you've got to keep the sales race kind of in perspective. This is just an ego play by car companies. They will, they will almost wholesale vehicles to car rental fleets to boost their overall sales. The thing is, they don't make hardly any money selling cars to, to, to Avis and, and, and Hertz and all those other car rental companies because they have to sell them so cheap. But it adds to their numbers. So, so like, the overall sales leader is kind of a, a it, it's, it's not exactly winning the Academy Award. Oh, the Academy Award. <laughs> Somebody's going to get slapped well, I mean, in the well, face. T- take whatever award you want. It, <laughs> right. it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't really mean much because they're not making any money in those fleet sales. I'm also reading a lot of articles about, uh, you know, electric vehicles and how uh, Detroit automakers are now kind of retooling themselves to create more of them so the, the inventory is higher. Is this really transforming uh, the auto industry at at this point? I mean, are they are they are they kind of switching over to more EV vehicles than than ever before? What's what's the uh, what's the story with this? Absolutely. I mean, the the all the buzz is about electric vehicles. California says by twenty thirty five, they're not going to be uh, automakers aren't going to be able to sell internal combustion engines. Uh, in in the state now, there's a lot of fine print there, and we'll see when we get there. But 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 in the in the short run, electric vehicles are what people are talking about. <clears throat> now, keeping this in perspective, th- they're still 
about 5% of the market, which have, have, they've, they've grown pretty steadily, but it's still a tiny percentage. And most of the electric vehicles are pretty darn expensive. So uh, while people are talking about this, they're not really buying. I, I kind of equate it to, to, to folks around the New Year's Eve when they say, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to buy the membership and I'm going to get in shape. And, and they, they mean well, and then it just doesn't quite happen. So we're going we're to see what happens. But, but every automaker worth their salt is, is putting money into electric vehicle development because that's, you know, that, that's what people are, are demanding now. We're going to w- wait and see if that also translates to sales. Are the are the batteries on these things getting any better? Uh, definitely, oh, definitely better. Um, the, the the range is getting better. Um, their their recharge ability to 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 recharge quickly <clears throat> is getting better. The vehicles themselves aren't aren't the real holdback for mass market EV uh, acceptance. It's it's more like the infrastructure. Uh, you you can't find EV chargers as easily as you can a gas station, and even if you find them, they're not always functioning. Or there's there's a line of people waiting to use them, and yeah. and to charge up your car might take you know thirty forty minutes or an hour. So so that so there's that. But I I think a lot of people will will that buy EVs are going to be. Um, you know, charging them at home overnight, but that also is a problem if you live in a condo, you live in an apartment, you live in the city. So, so, so there, there's still some 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 holdbacks for mass EV um, acceptance, but but the wave is coming, and and uh, you, you you better take it seriously. I I don't really know all that much about these electric vehicles. Are these cables, these uh, you know, these charging things, are they universal to all EVs, or is it just? Like it's like an Apple iPhone cord versus a an Android cord. Is it? Well, are, the, are, yeah, that's, that's a great question. It, it's that, it's oh, like yeah. there's there, there's like electric vehicles, and then there's Tesla. And for whatever reason, Tesla wants to do things their own way. Um, but but other other than Tesla, the the EV uh, connections are all the same. And I'm sure Tesla is going to be offering probably ways to 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 modify their their plugs so they can be done everywhere. Um, but but yeah no it, it it has to be standardized because you you can't have twenty seven different uh, plug sizes for for an EV charger. Uh, listen, I got enough troubles around my home uh, <laughs> trying to find a cord to charge my iPhone because my kids keep stealing it. What's it going to yeah. be like when they're driving all EVs and uh, we can't find the charger cable for the uh, for the car? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those probably aren't going to walk as easily yeah. as your cable. I mean, they're they're they all come with them in the trunk. Hey, I was uh, I was watching football over the weekend. I kept uh, seeing these commercials over and over again for the uh, the 2022 Jeep Grand Wagoneer, and I thought, wow, what a really cool looking uh, you know, you know, vehicle that is! Look at all them fancy doodads inside and the, all the uh, things. And then I looked out online to see what it cost at one hundred and seven thousand dollars. And immediately, that's when I stopped caring about the Wagoneer. <laughs> I I mean I understand I mean I understand that uh, you know every automaker wants to put a, a luxury line of SUVs out there but at $107,000 uh, you know at at the high end uh I mean how how does Jeep even figure they're going to sell any of these damn things I I don't know it's 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 a race to 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 gather the, the, the money of the, the one percenters. Uh, I'm, I'm currently trying to buy a Lexus LX 600 for the, for the test program, and that's Lexus top-of-the-line SUV. You know, stickers are like, like around $108,000, and some dealers are asking 
$1,000 over the sticker what? price. Jesus. So so you, you think that you know Jeep's going to want to get in on this. Keep in mind, the average price of a new car is around $47,000, which absolutely makes my heart stop because I can't, yeah. I just can't, I just can't. Oh, I, I think it was during the Super Bowl when they came out. I think it was Jeep Grand Cherokee starting at 59000 or some crazy number like that. And I'm like, what? Sixty yeah. grand for a, for, a, for a Jeep? Yeah, it, my wife and I keep talking because, you know, my car is starting to show its age a little bit and keep talking about, you know, maybe, you know, getting a, a truck. But every truck I look at, it's like it's the same thing. It's like you know, you're completely priced out of it. You know, if you're a guy who's, who's you know using a truck for for work purposes, I mean, the the investment you got to put into a for a good quality truck, it's ridiculous. Right. I mean, and Steve has Steve has. I know he has a, a Ford F one fifty, which you know can go fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. The the real heavy duty, the twenty five hundred series. Yeah. Pickups are even more expensive, and Consumer Reports just bought. It's uh, it, there's a new uh, electric uh, truck out now called Rivian, and we have our our Rivian pickup truck, and this is uh, about seventy five thousand dollars, but it's only about the size of a Honda Ridgeline, so it's it's not even a, a, a big truck with it with a large bed. Um, but pickup trucks are are the number one selling. Uh, body style in the United States and have been for decades. I'm so, so it's it's definitely where where the money is, and um, and people are using pickup trucks not only for just for work, but for 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 day to day, you know, driving, family cars, yeah. commuting. Hey, uh, I, I'm I driving. Think if the price I'm, of gas goes up. It's gonna it's gonna those sales might get hurt a little bit. My, I'm driving that F one fifty until the very last lug nut falls off. <laughs> and that's the way to that's yeah. the way to do it. That's it. Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports. You can check out his stuff on uh, ConsumerReports.org. He's always writing on the car blog. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports. It's 724 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Football season is underway. Six with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be rainy and crappy today with a high of 59. Tomorrow, sunny and nice with a high of 73. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. Now, let me just just point out that uh, in spite of the weather, Mm -hmm. big bonk and smoke goes on no matter what. Of course it does. It's uh, it's going to be a smoky night of fun. All the smoking area is under a tent. You'll stay nice and dry. I would suggest maybe a light jacket. But uh, all the food and the funds and inside, outside, it's a rain or shine event. So if you got your tickets for tonight's Big Bonk and Smoke, don't worry. It's going on regardless of the weather. You know, how uh, you can always tell the Bonk and Smoke's going on because that night, it's it's not fog. It's a cloud of cigar smoke just <laughs> hanging above Mount Tom. You can smell yeah. it. You can smell it from either side of the mountain, whether you're in Holyoke or East Hampton or even... Or even from I-91, you could start to see the haze and the smoke, and, oh, it's so wonderful. Oh, uh, even a bear in the woods is like, ooh, is that an acid cigar? <laughs> mm, that's from the cigar room, too. It's uh, 728. Oh, by the way, later on this hour, Bob Kane Alves, we'll be talking about uh, Wicked and Pink. He'll be in the studio in just a few minutes. News is next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. It's uh, 731 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by... Jay Smeagle Roofing. Visit jsmeagleroofing.com. There's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Traffic alert. Road hug. Uh, major crash uh, westbound on the Mass Pike just after the Palmer exit. Backed up uh, quite a bit. And uh, there you go. So get off the pike in Sturbridge. There's so many reasons to avoid Palmer. Here's one more.
Yeah, he didn't really mean to remind me that I needed. But there are people that drive through that area that uh, that's going to be a pretty big backup. So avoid that area at all costs. Uh, let's see. Uh, tractor trailer crash shut down exit two on I ninety one north this morning. It happened at the Longmeadow curve. Exit two is the Forest Park East Longmeadow off ramp. Uh, it was down to one lane and one tractor trailer was involved. Turns out it was some sort of fuel spill, so it took them a while to clean yeah. all that stuff up. So uh, avoid that area too. You know, good thing these aren't majorly traveled thoroughfares through Western Massachusetts. I don't know and any, Connecticut. I don't know anyone that drives through that part of the highway. Um. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know anybody except everybody. Yeah, a Feeding Hills man is facing a charge of second-degree manslaughter after turning himself into Connecticut State Police Monday for a deadly car accident that occurred nearly one year ago on November twelfth of twenty twenty-one, around twelve forty-two a.m. Twenty-four-year-old Dominic Michael Grassati of Feeding Hills was traveling on I-91 northbound in Enfield when he struck the back of another vehicle driven by 60-year-old Fernando LeBron of Chicopee. LeBron died from his injuries in that accident. State police say Grisati admitted to drinking one beverage containing alcohol before the crash. His eyes were reportedly glassy and smelled of alcohol during the investigation. Grisati reported no injuries and failed a field sobriety test. He was arrested and charged with DUI. When they searched his vehicle, they found five empty vodka bottles, little nip ones, but that's still more than one. Well, like I told you, if you yeah. put it all in the same cup, the same uh, travel mug, yeah, it's one drink. That's an alcoholic one. Yes, that's right. One uh, empty alcoholic beverage can and a plastic container of pills that Grisati claimed to be Adderall. A later investigation also revealed that Grisati was allegedly uh, go, approximately going 109 to 118 miles per hour on the highway. Jesus. <laughs> In February, an autopsy report for Ravon revealed he died from blunt force trauma of the head, neck, and torso. An arrest warrant was issued on September 20th for his arrest. Uh, for second-degree manslaughter, Grisati turned himself in and appeared in court on Monday. He's being held on a $150,000 bond. Now, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't take Adderall. Uh, I never have. But I'm pretty sure that the combination of Adderall and booze is potentially deadly if you're taking enough of it like alcohol poisoning heart problems yeah. behavioral issues it's not a real good combination remember that guy from uh Ludlow that they caught uh i think it was last year where they, he was like driving around and he had like he was drunk it was 1 30 in the morning and he was all over the road mm-hmm. and they caught him like they had to get he had, he had just done a couple of lines of coke off the dashboard oh sure yes uh, of his really fancy vehicle mm-hmm. uh mixing alcohol with other drugs i mean alcohol is dangerous on its own you start mixing that with cocaine yeah i know it's it's a wicked buzz or adderall i knew some kids in college used to snort that stuff adderall yeah there was a they were pretty much using the kid who was prescribed adderall Right. Uh, to crush it up and then uh, snort it. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. These, these are the kinds of things that young kids do without realizing that it's stupid. Well, isn't that what being young is all about? Is yeah, but being things? young doesn't necessarily mean you have to crush up pills and snort them and then get loaded with a, you know, a six-pack of Pabst. A uh, Ludlow man was arrested Sunday after allegedly threatening to kill and assaulting an officer with a large dog. Uh, according to Ludlow Police Chief Daniel Velatis, around 7.45 p.m., officers were called to a complaint from a woman asking for help with a, quote, out-of-control man at a home on Miller Street near Oak Knoll Circle. The man, identified as 25-year-old Bradley Caverly of Ludlow, 
immediately began to confront officers and allegedly threatened to kill them with his dog, a large, large black lab mix named Bear. The dog was showing aggressive behavior, growling and lunging at officers, and eventually bit one of them in the thigh. That officer attempted to use his taser, but it didn't work. More officers arrived and used their tasers on Caverly and the dog. Caverly was resisting arrest against five officers, but was eventually arrested. He's got some, uh, got some spunk in him. Five mm. guys. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> again, if uh, like you said, uh, a, a black lab is usually a pretty well-mannered dog, uh, well, family-friendly. Bl- you, know, you, you, you sick him on uh, on an in- on an intruder like a police officer. Something's going on with the dog. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm thinking uh, because of the mixed dog that uh, the black lab probably kind of got overtaken by. What is it a mix of? You know, German Shepherd or a uh, Rottweiler? Could be. That's a, that's a good guard dog. Yeah. A uh, Stranger Things-themed Halloween display in front of a Plainfield, Illinois home is now closed after a, a neighbor voiced concerns about it. Things just got stranger for a suburban Halloween display of the same name after complaints for a lone neighbor forced the creators of the house uh, haunt to close it for now. Everyone seemed okay with it until they weren't, said Aubrey Appel, the Halloween display creator. Paying homage to the popular Netflix series, Appel and his family dreamed up the spooky seasonal setup displayed in their front yard. It replicates a scene from the show, and it features lifelike mannequin dressed as the character Max Mayfield appearing to to hover in midair. It was really cool. We saw it on TikTok. We thought it was just really cool, said some kid that they interviewed. The family said the video of the display they posted not only got more than 14 million views with everyone wondering what's keeping Max afloat, but also some unwanted attention from one neighbor who at first said they were okay with it when the family asked for permission before putting it up. Uh, It's upsetting to be told, like, we support you, we're behind you, we understand why you're doing this. And to have to blow up, have that blow up in your face, it's just, it's just tragic. Nothing worse than a backstabbing bastard living right next to you. Oh, yes. You're you're happy, you're friendly to your face, but right behind your back, the moment you turn around, they're calling the uh, the town trying to ruin your day. Ruin, ruin your entire seasonal uh, decorations. That's terrible. One guy. One guy. One little backstabbing bastard. Ruin That's it. that whole thing up for you. Yeah, you spent all weekend hoisting that little thing up in the sky. That little dummy that's hanging over there, yeah. hanging at you know, like like they're levitating. Have any idea how hard that is to set one of those things up? That's well, it's very hard. It's not easy. And here's this guy thinking, uh, you know, this this somehow affects my life to see someone next door with a display. I'm uh, I'm not very good at decorating anything. Like, you know, when I do like the, the Christmas light, I'll do the Christmas lights mm-hmm. because they have this thing in my town where like you can be part of the list of people driving around looking at your Christmas display. Right. Oh, this is just like I strung lights up on the porch. That's about it. My uh, my issue isn't so much that I'm bad at it. My issue is that I don't want to do it. Yeah. Because it involves a certain level of effort that I am not interested in putting forth. My, putting forth. Even my fall decorations, I, I didn't do that this year because I still have a bale of hay that's rotting away from last mm. year that was sitting out uh, in that in that uh, fall display. I think last year, maybe the year before, when I put up uh, our Christmas tree and I got the biggest, fakest, tallest tree I could find. Uh, it's like you know ten feet tall, and uh, we didn't take it down until like the middle of March. And there was one discussion where we thought, hey, maybe to save a little time, should we just leave it up all year long? 
and why not? But and yet, that would have been seen as somehow you know inappropriate. Well, you like you could do uh, you know like you said like different holidays. Uh, yeah, Valentine's Day, you decorate the whole thing with hearts. St. Patrick's Day, it's all shamrocks. Yeah, we would never do that. And you got Easter, you put eggs on it. Then you you got uh, what's in May. You put American flags on it for sure. Memorial Day. Right. Uh, you know, every month has something. Yeah, I know, and, and and that would be a great plan. But I know us. We'd look at the we'd look at the tree and say, "Ooh, hey, uh, Valentine's Day's coming up." Ah, to hell with it. Just leave the Christmas balls on there and just say, "Hey, I love you," and then let that be it. I that's think that's as, a good that's, idea. That's as much uh, as much as we've got inside us. Uh, yesterday, a Holyoke man was sentenced in Bridgeport, Connecticut, to 66 months of imprisonment, followed by two years of supervised release for unlawfully possessing firearms. According to court documents, 25-year-old Tevin Gonzalez was involved in a shooting and firebombing incident in and around Springfield. He was later arrested at a hotel in Enfield on September 3rd of 2021. At the time of his arrest, Gonzalez was in possession of two semi-automatic pistols. On March 25th, Gonzalez pleaded guilty to unlawful possession of firearms by a felon. The investigation was conducted by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, and Explosives and the Mass State Police, Enfield Police, and the Springfield Police Department. You can get arrested at a hotel in Enfield. Your long criminal career mm. is over. Mm, i got to believe there's a couple of things going on over there in those hotels. You think? Yep. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with a high of 59. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. Looking at 52 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Medicare beneficiary. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 746 and the Rolling Stones with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. You ready to go, uh, you ready to go bike riding? T- take out the old hog uh, uh, coming up I'm this more weekend? Than, more than willing to take out the old hog, but I think that's more of a personal thing, don't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess it kind of is. Hey, uh, <laughs> Bob Alves. Yeah, Bob Alves from uh, Throttle Rocker Nation is uh, in the studio. Big event coming up on Sunday. It's good to see you. Yeah, and my pride and joy. Thank you guys for having me. My pride and joy is this motorcycle run coming up this weekend. It is Wicked in Pink, and the benefits to Sister Caritas Cancer Center. Uh, it is Sunday. We are starting at Greencraft Motorsports. It's a new location for us to start at. It's at 10 Industrial Drive in Southwick. It's right next to that travel notch, uh, the notch center. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, it's yeah. right there. Very easy to find. Uh, we got about an hour ride and off to our after party, uh, which will be at the Polish American Club in Aguam. Nice. Uh, we got vendors. We've got food, and we've got live music with a band called Unleash. These girl, uh, the female singer is incredible. The band is awesome. Uh, great combination together on that stage. A couple of things. First of all, uh, I, I can't believe you've been doing this for 10 years. 10 years. That's phenomenal. <laughs> and then you were also telling us that you've... <laughs> You ordered food for a thousand people. Or, yeah, I ordered food for a thousand people. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, this is what we've been. Uh, we've grown this for ten years to pretty much feed a thousand people every year. I know, and everyone dresses in pink, so it's a sea of pink and motorcycles. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal to see. Uh, everyone's there for the cause. Uh, it's a great cause because we raise money for Sister Caritas here in Springfield, uh, the cancer center. We help. Um, the financial needs of patients when they're first diagnosed. Yeah. Uh, similarly, like when I went through my cancer, uh, there was a lot of different programs that helped me out financially. My family was one of the big ones, and a lot of people don't have those families that right. are able to reach in your pocket and just take care of everything. My father, when I told my uh, my father uh, that I had cancer, he walked out of the room and came back with his checkbook and said, give me every single one of your bills. 
and paid wow. off everything and yeah. told me my job was to beat cancer. And as I met people, they didn't have these kind of resources that my family did. So we found this program within the hospital at the uh, cancer center called the Patient Services Fund, uh, which helps to alleviate some of those financial burdens when they're first diagnosed. We've actually, uh, we've actually helped someone pay their mortgage for the month mm -hmm. or rent. We've kept lights on. We've paid for rides. We've paid for um, co-pays. We've paid for medicine. You know, it, uh, again, Bob Kane in the in in the studio in uh, Wicked and Pink is uh, this Sunday. Yeah, every time. Yeah, I've never, I've never been diagnosed, and none of my immediate family has been diagnosed. But the you know the more and more I hear about the Sister Caritas uh, Center, and you know you know what she has meant to these people, and what the center has meant to these people, and the kind of uh, compassionate care that people get. They all say the same thing. It's like you know, the, no one walks out of there feeling like they got shortchanged in that care at all. They all say that the care there has been amazing. They've and, been absolutely phenomenal. We, I know we have known each other for uh, 20, 25, 30 years almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you guys kind of watched me go through my cancer back in 2012. Yeah. I lived in that hospital for over 200 days. I was inpatient wow. for that long. Matter of fact, I was ri reminded this morning uh, in 2012, I had gone unresponsive for uh, almost a week. And today was actually the day I woke up and started my recovery. Really? So they were absolutely phenomenal with me. Um, it's been very cathartic to give back to them. Mm -hmm. It's helped me in my healing process and recovery to help others get to their journey and and help their fight uh i can't say enough about this this patient services fund we actually I, my late wife and i actually utilized this when she was first diagnosed we got into the thing they helped us pay the mortgage for the month and it wasn't that we didn't have the money to pay the mortgage it was more about you're you're in such disarray with all this stuff going on mm -hmm. you can't get anything you're you're so focused on on this diagnosis that everything gets put to the back burner and that includes your, you know, paying your bills and all that stuff because you, you're, you're you're worried about what what's happening. To there's you. a pan, you know, yeah. there's a panic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I got diagnosed, I was coming off a motorcycle accident when they first diagnosed me. Uh, I had a kid. I got a son, very young. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, who's going to take care of him? How am I going to deal with this? How he? How is his stuff going to get paid for? Right. How? You know, you're right. You're in a, You're in an absolute panic of you know. All right, I got to do this but I still got to take care of this, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. still a parent. Yeah, there's other I, things I, that need I, to be tended to. I had elderly parents. I had a handicapped sister. These things needed to, were on my plate when right. I had to go through my battle, you know? So there, there was a good resource. And yeah. having, you know, just the cancer center itself, though my family was able to help me out a lot, there are families that, that don't have those kind of background and resources. You know, even like you, you you used the the patient services fund, yeah. and then you called me up the next year and you did your celebrity bartender well, for Wicked and Pink as a payback. Actually, it was only uh, three months later yeah. Yeah. That, that we did that that we did that uh, yeah. fundraiser thing. Yeah. So we we used it in January to you know as as things kind of un were unfolding for us, and then by March. Uh, we yeah. did. We did the, uh, yeah, the which, which helped us put yeah. the money. Yeah, you yeah, put it back. I yeah, mean, put it's, it back. It's, that was, a, a, that was the bartending aren't... thing we did at the uh, yep. at the boil, right? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was a fun night. That was a great night. I had a ball. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you you, you 
most people that use it, I, I think, tend to give back to yes. it eventually yep. because they know how important this yep. is. And it, it really does, when, like you said, people come in, they don't have much to, to present and you're dealing right. with all this stuff, this is one of those things that kind of helps your transition a little bit easier. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And, and yeah. as I said, it's been 10 years. This is my 10 years cancer-free, 10 years of Wicked in Pink. Um, all starts on Sunday, and I said it's a Greencraft Motorsports, uh, 10 Industrial Drive in Southwick, right up 10 and 202 by the Travel Notch. Uh, and then the after party kicks off about 1 o'clock at the Polish Club. Uh, it's $25. Uh, donation and you do get fed and you get entertainment. I can't That's pretty good. I can't specifically state what is on uh, the Facebook page, but these uh, <laughs> these uh, these mugs from uh, Hilltown Chic. Our friend uh, Cassie. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's a good lady. Great and- great store. Uh, she's got some really. If you go on our <laughs> Facebook page, the uh, the uh, Wicked and Pink page, and our Wicked and Pink. Uh, event page you'll see a picture of these uh, tumblers that she yeah, made they are they are definitively uh, anti-cancer yes uh <laughs> and, and 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 no no punches are held back on, on these things but uh would they be available they are going to be available at the event uh we actually said we got about 30 vendors with all sorts of things uh th- and they have donated to us as well to have raffles and so right. it's a fun afternoon of uh of you know great entertainment great ride Everyone dressed in pink. Yeah, it's pretty cool to That's see. Awesome. It's pretty yeah. cool to see that uh, the sea of pink, as you yeah. describe it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and like like you said, it starts at uh, the Greencraft Motorsports on Industrial Drive in Southwick. Yep. And ends at the Aguan Polish Club. Yes. And then that's going to be a hell of a party yep. when it ends. Yeah, as I said, I ordered food for a 1,000 people. So <laughs> you, be, you better so show hungry. up, damn it! You come yeah. hungry. I got yeah. reservations for a thousand. Very good. Now, if, if someone wanted to participate in it, what uh, what should they expect? What should they do? Uh, well, if they're if they're riding uh, and want to ride on the event, they just set, uh, go up to Greencraft. They can join us there. They can get uh, they can get their pre-sale tickets online, but they also can go right to the registration and pay their entry there. Uh, donation there for twenty five dollars for the day uh, day of. If you want to just go to the after party, it's just $25 for that. Show up at the Polish Club there, uh, and you can enjoy the festivities, get fed, enjoy the music, dance, shop a little bit. Um, some of our, you know, our vendors actually have give-back programs, so whatever you spend with them will get, end up getting donated back as well. So it's it's a full day of just people paying it forward for to, to cancer survivors, people fighting cancer, and the caretakers. Yeah. Wicked well, and Pink, uh, Sunday, October 9th, starts at 10 a.m., right? Uh, 10 a.m. is registration, kickstands up at noon at Greencraft. Beautiful. Bob Kane, great to see you. Good luck, you. On, good luck on Sunday. Thank Bob you. Bob Kane or Bob Alves? I, I don't know. What do you want to be called? Yeah, what, what, what do you want to be Bob called? Kane Alves. What Bob is it Kane Alves. Bob, Bob, Bob Kane Alves. Yep. Okay, because we know you as both. I'm, I'm like John yeah. Cougar Mellencamp. It's <laughs> the hell you are. Is that even your real name? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bob, it's not. <laughs> Bob, it's good to see you. Thank you. It's uh, 756 of Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. New England. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman, Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, we live in an organized society in which all of our needy, most needy citizens are fully entitled to know every living, breathing detail of stuff that they have no business knowing anything about. 
Doesn't matter if it's a medical condition, an employment situation, or the status of somebody else's interpersonal relationships. If I have achieved any level of notoriety, then clearly everybody should be consulted and properly notified. For example, yesterday the New York Post reported that former Patriots quarterback Tom Brady and his wife Giselle have both hired divorce attorneys and are seeking to split their outrageous financial assets. And as you would expect, the internet and various social medias have done lost their ever-loving minds over it. How could this happen? How could we not know? How could this perfect couple have an imperfect life? Were other people involved? What about the children? And why were none of us given a heads up until the New York Post dropped the dime of this entire sad situation? How could we, the blissfully ignorant public, be left in the dark during this very emotional time? Well, here's an idea. Maybe you're just hearing about it now because it's none of your damn business. Maybe there are things that go on in the world that don't require your involvement. Maybe Tom Brady and Giselle are seeking a divorce for reasons that are too personal to share with every knuckle-dragon moron who thinks that the information superhighway ends at their front door. Well, guess what? It doesn't. It's simply none of your business who divorces whom or who gets fired from where or who comes down with a bad case of what. I got divorced. It took me 18 months to share that publicly because it was nobody's business. And yet, people were under the impression that it was. I say, let's worry about ourselves for a moment and let the Bradys enjoy a hot second of privacy. And if they're willing to share what's going on right now, they'll let you know, but not until they're ready. So don't get your tabloids in a bundle because I'm sure this is quite painful enough without you feeling that you have a right to know everything about it. But hey, and if my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Keith is a man of steel. Keith at the East Lawn Meadow Rockies is a steel trained expert. Steel chainsaws or steel power equipment, Keith knows his stuff. Good people, steel people like Keith and rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 808. Skinnered. We're back to Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy and wet all day long today. High of 59. Tomorrow, uh, sunny with a high of 73. It's 52 in downtown Springfield. Should not deter you, though, from coming to the uh, Big Bonk and Smoke tonight up at the log cabin because we got a tent. Yeah, it's all, everything is covered. Every every contingency has been uh, figured out. We've had rainy Big Bonk and Smokes before. Yes, it's happened before. And we're able to, uh, to get through it without any problem. So if you got your tickets for tonight... At the log cabin, don't worry about it. Still going to go on, rain or shine, and still be a great time no matter what. You know, I was uh, I was talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, getting rid of that pool that I got. Yeah. Well, I found somebody to take it. Uh, you know, take it right off my hands. But I had to drain it uh, first. Sure. So uh, I was told by uh, my, my friend, he's like, uh, yeah, you shouldn't really drain that right now. If we get high winds, uh you're gonna have a. You're gonna have, might have an issue. You know, if the high winds come along and whoosh, swoop that thing right up, swoop the pool. Yeah, and I I'm thought thinking, somebody took it away already. No, not yet. Oh, they hadn't taken away yet. Wait, oh. I was waiting to get confirmation if I could get you know the, you know, g- confirmation that uh, this liner would come in for the guy who's taking. Oh, I see. The yeah. order. The liner shot on the damn thing. So you got him another liner. Uh yeah, we uh, ordered him another liner, and uh, you know he's uh, I, I I thought it was gonna take like days to drain. It took uh, less than twenty four hours. If you're doing it right, you can do it less than five minutes. Yes, I didn't want that. I didn't want a lake in my backyard. Why not? 
Lakes are nice. It's a nice uh, nice water feature in your backyard. That'd yeah, be kind of nice. See, the unfortunate piece is my backyard is shaped like a bowl. And, oh. uh, you know, when you get a ton of rain like that, it tends to collect. Ah, which gotcha. Which you don't want. And you don't want that. No, but I drained it. I drained it. Uh, I started draining it. Uh, it was it was like 12 hours. I put the pump in, the, the sump pump. Sure. And then uh, let it go. And uh, I would have thought that would have taken a couple of days. But it only took uh, less than twelve hours. I like, just completely drain the whole thing. See, I've uh, I've seen video of like people that would like uh, like drive their car and part of the pool. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the water comes out very very quickly. I mean, yeah, you'd have that puddling and everything in a big pond in your backyard, but you're not waiting around for twelve hours for it to finish. Could have made a ride for the kids. Yeah. You how sit, fun that you, would that be? You sit in a tube. And uh, Dad will break one of the panels on the pool and yeah. uh, watch it spill all over the place. Oh, you've already agreed to give it to someone for free. Yeah, but you'd be breaking it. I don't need to break it's not, it. It's not your fault. It's not your the problem. The structure is perfectly uh, intact. But, well, listen, if you're going to split hairs like that, then, then, then that's between you and the buyer. But uh, I was just uh, pleasantly surprised hmm. at how quickly that water uh, emptied out of there. A lot of people have closed up their pools already. You know, like they do it like on Labor Day, but mm-hmm. you can. It seems to me you can squeeze a couple days of the pool after Labor Day, another week or two. Uh, it depends on what the weather. You never know sure. what the weather's going to be like. Sometimes we've had ninety degree days in October, which I could have used that pool, but it was already closed up by then. So yeah, I know. I, uh, I I would I I would love to have a pool, but I know that I'm I'm too lazy to maintain a pool. Yeah, you know, I, I just like uh, all that extra work and stuff. I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's really for me. You want to go swimming in my pool? You mean my expensive bathtub? Because that's basically what <laughs> that's it is. That's basically it. Yeah. It's right. uh, it, it's just too much money. It's too much money to, to maintain. The kids hardly use it. That's To me, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It, if, 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 if no one is going to use it, it, then it's not worth it. Now, and, we... We, uh, you know, we have a friend who has who has a pool of her own, and we, we'll go there a couple times uh, during the summer, although we didn't go very much this year. Uh, and that was probably because uh, some uh, some folks in our neighborhood have got a beautiful pool yeah. that we used a couple of times. And, uh, you know, why go all the way to the other part of town when a couple of houses down, there's a beautiful pool just waiting for us to cannonball into. Well, you know, uh, when I originally bought the house, I'm like, oh, cool, a swimming pool. And then uh, and then you realize you got to take care of it mm-hmm. and you got to put money into it. And I bought a, like a pump for it. I, you know, I did all this stuff with it. And then... Uh, I was going to be very popular, but guess what happened? That pandemic hit, and everybody buys a swimming pool. That's right. So nobody wants to come up. Not that they wouldn't want to come over during a pandemic, but uh, nobody wants. My popularity dropped because everybody was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to be overusing that pool every day." I think uh, you know, with everybody staying inside, we got a pool. I I think we've all taken a hit, uh, frankly. But uh, yeah, the pool party. This uh, post-pandemic pool party? Yeah. I don't really want to go to a post-pandemic pool party. Why not? Ain't no party like a post-pandemic pool party because a post-pandemic pool party don't stop? Unless the pandemic stops. I, sa- I said that without screwing it up. Yeah, it was I mean, actually kind of impressive. Um, but yeah, I, the kid, you know, they've gone to camp. They've gone, you know, they go to their friends. Yeah. And we used it maybe two weeks out of the whole summer. That's, it's not worth, that's it's not worth spending five or $600 in chemicals every year. To if, it's, if it's out of your kid's system, yeah. it, then it's really out of everybody's system. That's true. And I was like, my dad's got a pool, but he basically has the pool because, uh, you know, my stepmom uh, and her kids like going to the pool. But yeah. if they had their own pool, 
they'd never come over and use the pool, so what would be the point of getting the pool? Let me tell you something. My kids are great. I said to them, I said, listen, do you, uh, what do you think if I got rid of the pool? What do you think? And they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. I'm like, you know what? That's a good answer. Yeah. That's a really supportive answer of your dear old dad spending $500 a year on pool chemicals. There's no point. <laughs> you know, there, there are some kids that would uh, that scream bloody murder if you thought about getting rid of the pool. Well, they're you know they're interested in other things. You know, they get they got bikes, they get uh, you know a trampoline, and, right? Or uh, some. I'm sorry, we don't have a trampoline. We have something we don't tell the insurance company about. Right? Yes, yes exactly. In the backyard, exactly. The um, other things in which they could get seriously injured on. Yes. You know, when you get injured on that trampoline, all of a sudden you don't have a trampoline in your yard anymore. <laughs> it's like covering up a murder scene. <laughs> What? I don't, she just fell in the dirt. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Thankfully, I kept the disassembling instructions right here like, yeah. in this drawer. Um, but yeah, you, you, getting rid of the damn thing, it's just, uh, it's just too much. It's too much for me to, to take care of. Yeah, no, um, I get it. Because I, I, be, I'd be feeling the same way. No, I mean, it's not hard to maintain it. Like, once it's up and running, like, you just got to check the, the chemicals and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just, if nobody's going to use it, what's the point in running the filter 12 hours a day? You know, when we were talking about putting a pool up, uh, you know, I have really no experience with a pool. Yeah. I mean, I've been in pools, but I've never owned a pool. And uh, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't know the first thing about maintaining it. It just looks like a lot of work to me. My wife, on the other hand, used to, to run uh, uh, some pools uh, in the city mm -hmm. many, many years ago. And uh, she, she knows exactly what it takes to maintain a pool and uh she thought well you know you know we could we could maybe do it then the more we thought about it the both we realized hey you know what sometimes the best thing to do is use somebody else's pool right you know let because let that responsibility fall on the broad powerful shoulders of somebody else not me not not my wife just somebody else listen westfield river is right across the street from my house right i don't think you're supposed to swim in the rest westfield river are you why not because it's dangerous not where I live. <laughs> I know just people have gotten injured in like the Chigabee River or the Westfield River because they weren't strong swimmers to go against a current. Uh, well, I mean, you wouldn't go out there uh, after a rainstorm, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty low. It's been pretty low the last few years. So, right. yeah, you could uh, you could dig a nice little wade in the water, or we could go up to the lake in uh, Norwich Pond up in Huntington. We could go up there. Right. There's plenty of places to go swimming. Sure. You don't need uh, one in your backyard. Who wouldn't want to take a dip in Spec Pond? A bacteria-filled <laughs> cesspool. That's that's what it, it turns out to be. Yeah. But right. now here's the other thing. Now I have this deck that's attached to it, and it's just standing there. It, and it's well, it's gonna just have like a half circle in it because that's where the pool was. Well, you're gonna take that down. I don't know. I'm thinking about different ways to repurpose it because I really don't want to see something like that go to waste. Well, is it uh, is it done with like uh, like a composite or a you know, pressure treated well, it's wood? Pressure treated wood. It's a it's a very sturdy structure. Mm. I've painted it. Uh, I painted it already uh, once uh, when I. Well, what do you need? Of, I mean, do you need like a pergola built or something or well, something interesting got, like so that? So it's it's one of those. It's like a it's like a platform that's level with the pool, the pool right. deck. Right. So then you know what you're talking five feet off the ground. And then uh, it's got one, it's not covered, but one side has one of those, like, pergola things on it. Okay. So if I get somebody to build another pergola on the other side. What about uh, your hot tub? You got anything over the hot tub? 
Yeah, I got I got a little uh, canopy thing I you do. built over that. Thing. But that's not a permanent structure. No, I mean it. It will be. It is. It's a permanent. It's got a metal roof to it and everything. Okay. All so, right. Yeah, it is kind of permanent. Gotcha. Uh, I'm sure it could be destroyed very easily <laughs> during a windstorm or something like that. But yeah. What about I, but what about like a wood patio around it? Well, uh, somebody suggested I should turn that whole area into a big fire pit, like. Uh, you know, you put stone down, sure, and then you you have a fire pit in the middle of this big circle. Now that you have, which isn't a bad idea. Yeah, but I don't think you want to. You're not talking about like burning the pressure tree to wood. No, because yeah, that's uh, that's not healthy. Where the pool was. Yeah, but what are you gonna do with all that wood that's next to it? Well, you could uh, you could do diving into the fire. I don't think you want to dive into a are fire. Are you sure? I yes, thought you could. I thought that's what you could do. That I believe is not safe. And if you're worried about a trampoline in your backyard, what are the insurance companies here? You got a diving board over well, a fire pit. Well, how do you think the Burning Man festival started? Some guy doused himself in gasoline after he removed his pool from his backyard, made a big fire pit yeah, there, and, and that- said, "You know what? I'm going to douse myself in gasoline. I'm going to jump off this deck, and I'm going to set myself on." Yeah, and in that tradition didn't age very well, did it? Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think you want all that pressure-treated wood by a fire pit. You'd have to remove that. No, you're 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 not you're thinking you're not thinking correctly here, Bax. Which I know you have a problem with. But sure, that's okay. Uh, well, I'm just thinking, you know, fire. Yes, wood. but the, the fire a wouldn't good be right next to the deck. You'd still keep the deck there and uh, put yeah. some stairs on it and use it as some sort of platform for, again, diving off into a fire pit. Okay. But, but you wouldn't keep the fire so close to the deck. All right, listen, I'm just yeah. uh, being sure because, you know, sometimes those things can spark up and yeah. then and then you got yourself a problem. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not I'm looking to create more problems for myself. I'm looking to create... An easy solution. You put the fire pit on the other side of the circle, so it's not even near the deck. Sure. See, I'm just looking at this as, uh, you know, October is fire safety month. And uh, I just thought that, uh, you know, based upon your plans as you're describing them here, that uh, maybe you would need a refresher course on good fire safety. No, I don't need it. I learned uh, the best from my dad, who used to burn weeds next to a barn that was like a matchbox. Or carpeting. Carpeting, which, which has, if I'm not mistaken, has no chemicals in it whatsoever. Well, especially the one from 1962, didn't have formaldehyde or anything else like that. <laughs> when he took a road flare and five gallons of gasoline to it, yeah, that well, that's that was good fire safety right there. Ah, nobody's uh, we're out in the middle of the country. Nobody's uh, burning. Nobody's gonna suspect anything up here. Meanwhile, the neighbors coming down the hill with a video camera going, mm-hmm. "This guy's violating all kinds of environmental laws." It's the good things that uh, Budweiser will make you do on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yes, it's a very healthy outlook on it all. It's uh, 821 <laughs> with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Listen, eat- Rock, it's 828 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy today with a high of 60. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. 52 right now in downtown Springfield. The daily podcast we posted after 10 o'clock this morning. Make sure you check that out on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify, as well as rock102.com. Uh, if you can't get the show and you want to listen to it on your timetable, that's why it's there. You can listen to it at night, during the weekends, during a long vacation, what have you. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast this week. My guest is Angelo Moore from the great band Fishbone and his brand new band called Brand New Step. He's got new music coming out uh, that's awesome. So you can check that out on all those platforms and on rock102.com. Sweet. There you have it. 
We have news next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. We'll have showers, downpours, perhaps even a rumble of thunder this morning. We'll stick with the clouds and a few more showers and an isolated downpour this afternoon. So keep the umbrella handy. It'll be breezy and cool today with highs in the middle and upper 50s. Finally, tonight the showers come to an end, partial clearing, a bit of patchy fog. The breeze will ease and temperatures will fall into the 40s. For tomorrow, some early morning clouds and fog within plenty of sunshine. A beautiful day tomorrow with a return to sunshine, high temperatures in the low to mid-70s. And for Friday, a blend of sunshine and clouds, perhaps a late-day shower or an isolated rumble of thunder with high temperatures in the low to mid-70s. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. Oh, man, it is back. Villa Napolitana's annual Harvest Grand Wine Dinner. You can enjoy seven exquisite wines paired with an Italian-inspired menu created specifically for this exclusive event. You can enjoy complimentary cocktails during open bar cocktail hour beginning at 6 p.m. 7 p.m. starts the seven-course chef's tasting, including delights from land and sea. Do not miss this event. It's Villa Napolitana's annual Harvest Grand Wine Dinner. Reservations are definitely needed at 732-9300. That's 732-9300. Is an electric vehicle right for you? Try before you buy. Come see what all the barking is about at Gary Room Hyundai with our new Evolve Plus Electric Vehicle Month-to-Month Subscription Program. You can rent the all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days and it includes insurance, maintenance, roadside assistance, and an easy 1-2-3 approval exclusively at Gary Room Hyundai. All Hyundais come with three years of complimentary maintenance and with America's best warranty, 10 years or 100,000 miles, and auto assurance. GaryRomeHyundai.com, 150 Whitey Farms Road, Holyoke. See dealer for details. Gary Rome Hyundai. It's time to eat, sleep, and drink pumpkin at Dunkin' with pumpkin muffins, munchkins, and donuts. Pair them with a classic pumpkin spice signature latte or the ultra-smooth pumpkin cream cold brew. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Munson Savings Bank's Home Equity line of credit can help you tap into the value in your home. You can choose to use your funds to tackle projects or pay expenses and more. Apply online at munsonsavings.bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. What starts with a P is something that a dog does and people step in. Poop! No, pants! Like, get your mind out of the gutter and into your gutters with a gutter shutter system by Jay Smeagle. Gutter shutter systems by Jay Smeagle are seamless gutters one inch wider than most other systems. There's a wide mouth outlet to prevent clogging and a lifetime no clog warranty. Visit jsmeagleroofing.com. Ask about financing. Hey mom, what hoards your buns and makes them look round and pretty. Quiet, William. What? a hair tie. 831. Back some Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. You're uh, welcome, Steve. Uh, traffic alert. Roadhog! There was some kind of, like, accident going on just after the Palmer exit, uh, westbound on the Mass Pike. I don't know what number that is anymore, but um, there seems to be some sort of backup. None of the news stations have this. They only have the one that happened at 4 o'clock this morning on on, uh, on, on I-91. But I don't see anything relating to any traffic update. I haven't even seen uh, uh, Dippy over there. Um, Dippy? Whatever his name is. Who's Dippy? The one who does the uh, traffic update on uh, 22. I don't even know who Dippy is anymore. The weather guy. The Eddie Munster. Oh, oh. Yeah. I call him Dippy. What are you calling him Dippy for? Oh, he's a little Dippy. 
They showed showed this thing where he was like doing a forecast last week and a shooting star went across the sky. Did you see that? Uh, A lot of flood. uh, Yeah. Oh, our very own uh, uh, Chris Buzakis. Uh, did the, the did this uh, show the shooting star and they show the thing go across the screen and he was all excited. Ooh, did you just see that? It was a shooting star. <laughs> see, to me, I mean, he kind of he kind of looks like Mickey from Shameless. He does, I think. He does, except you know with a full beard and mustache. Was and that stuff. a shooting star? Yes. Those are all the other people who are going to be more successful. Stop it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, by the way, Dan Brown just celebrated his 20th year at uh, at Western Mass News. 20 years? He's been there 20 years. That's a long damn time. It is a, a long damn time. Um, 20 years. That's as long as I've been doing this. Him wow. And I, him and I both started in the industry at the same time. Now look at you. You're like contemporaries. I know. Him and I hang out all the time. Dan you do not. Yeah, we do. He lives really? Right, he lives right here in East Longmeadow. Actually, he used to live down the street from me. Oh, look at that. We didn't hang out. I don't know why. We could have, but we didn't. Well, when you're that famous. You yeah, I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to. You know, I didn't no, want to. No, him. Hey, when you're that's that what famous, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. No, listen. Hey, you don't want to bother a guy like that. <laughs> He's much more famous than I am. 20, 20 years in the uh, meteorology seat. It's uh, a good long time. A Ludlow man was arrested on Sunday after allegedly threatening to kill and assaulting an officer with a large dog. According to Ludlow Police Chief Daniel Velatis, around 7.45 p.m., officers were called to a complaint from a woman asking for help with an out-of-control man at a home on Miller Street near Oak Knoll Circle. The man, identified as 25-year-old Bradley Caverly of Ludlow, immediately began to confront officers and allegedly threatened to kill them with his dog, a large black lab mix named Bear. Go get him, Bear! Okay. <laughs> the dog was showing aggressive behavior, growling and lunging at officers, and eventually bit one of them in the thigh. That officer attempted to use his taser, but it didn't work. More officers arrived and used their tasers on Caverly and the dog. Caverly was uh, resisting arrest against five officers, but was eventually arrested. Now, when they say it didn't work, did, what, did the uh, the taser malfunction, or did the dog just simply not care? Eh, it could be any number of things. I mean, uh you know, when you're in a struggle like that, I can't imagine that it's easy to aim. Because I believe that taser thing needs to have the, the prongs go in you. Yeah. So if the one prong doesn't work or one doesn't, only one goes into the dog and you don't have that extra prong, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to stop the dog. That's why it took four other guys or five other guys to. It's also a very hairy dog. It is a very hairy dog. So you wonder if it, if it needs to attach to like flesh or or something like that. Yeah, you know, because otherwise, you know, I could commit crimes wearing a very like a like a Doctor Zayas type of coat. Oh, I love the Doctor Zayas coat. <laughs> Help me, Doctor Zayas. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things of the Simpsons. They did Planet of the Apes the musical, <laughs> and it was Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas. Zayas. Yeah, it was like uh, <laughs> Falco, right? <laughs> Um, a tractor trailer struck and killed a moose along the Mass Turnpike in Westfield. Tuesday morning. Mass State Police Lieutenant Paul Sullivan said at around 6.30 a.m., a 2016 Volvo tractor trailer struck and killed a moose standing on the road of I-90 in Westfield. The tractor trailer had serious front-end damage. The 61-year-old man driving the tractor trailer is from Johnstown, New York, and was uninjured. 
Uh, Sergeant uh, Mike O'Neill from the Mass State Police said it's seasonal. It, just like deer and bears, it's getting to be that mating season, so the males will start to wander. You know, ain't Looking that... for that sweet moose meat yeah. off the side of the pike. But you know, isn't that a uh, isn't that a powerful instinct that tends to yeah you know, that tends to consume all male species? You know, when it's mating season, all of a sudden our ability to focus on you know logic and and uh, it just just gets thrown out the window because yeah. all you can think of is hey, it's mating season, and the only action that's happening is on the other side of that highway, mm-hmm. and the only thing separating me from a damn fine time. Are just a couple of Volvo trucks. If I can get past that, yeah, I'm looking at a night of nonstop, you know, you know, <laughs> you know tapping horns. You know what I'm talking my, about? My moose heart is pounding for you, baby. That's it, and it's going to be laid flat out all over this highway if uh, if the powers that be decide yeah. that if we weren't meant to be. I mean, I feel bad for the moose, but I can understand. The position he was in. You get a moose is standing there with like a sign going, hey, I uh, need a ride. I need a ride to the Berkshires. <laughs> Can you give me a ride to, yeah. what's that what, What's that mountain up there? <laughs> it's, I don't even know. The big know. mountain up there in the Berkshires. Like, well, yeah, give yeah. me a ride. Uh, you think, and you pull over and then, you know the, the truck driver goes, uh, what do you need? A ride. Uh, what do I get out of it? He's like, well. I can drink from that stream over there, or I can have sex with you. And everything in between. <laughs> Get in. <laughs> Duck your head. Your antlers are going to take up all the space. Uh, the moose carcass was donated to a veterans association, that envirom- and the environmental police were able to secure the moose's head for biological examination. It's like the Ted Williams of moose. <laughs> Oh, he was a hitter, all right. Yeah, we, he hit that Volvo. Well, yeah, we had to donate it to science since all the Bugaboo Creek <laughs> locations have gone out of business. Yeah, the funny thing is they give the rest of the moose to the veterans, but they're taking the head for biological examination. What if they find out, like, the this was, like, bad moose meat, but we already gave it away? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they do in a situation like that. Uh, oh, hey, I just got a nice complaint email. Hey, you're heading for the uh, most hated DJ. You're not funny anymore, and your commentary sucks, you jackass. Who wrote that? I don't know. Some dude. Well, yeah. What are you gonna do? I, 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 I think you're doing a terrific I, job over there, Steve. I, I think you're you're settling in just fine. Well, my, apparently my commentary sucks. Did you not just hear that, man? I think you make good comments. The uh, trial of the man accused of killing six people by driving his car into a Christmas parade near Milwaukee, Wisconsin last year began on Monday with jury selection. 40-year-old Daryl Brooks has pleaded not guilty to 77 charges, including six counts of intentional homicide. Jennifer uh, Judge Jennifer Doro of, uh, how do you say it, Waukesha? Waukesha? Waukesha. Waukesha County. Good thing you're here. Good thing. Uh, County Circuit uh, Court granted Brooks's request last week to dismiss his lawyers and represent himself, which that's, always goes yeah, very that's, smoothly. That's a very good decision. And just minutes into Monday's proceedings, the judge called for a brief recess and ordered that Brooks be taken back to a cell after he repeatedly interrupted her. Uh, Brooks, a Milwaukee resident, was arrested near the scene of the attack on November 21st and has been in custody ever since. Prosecutors say Brooks deliberately drove his car through police barricades and into the crowds participating in the annual parade in the city of, uh, what is it? 
Waukesha. Waukesha, about 15 miles west of downtown Milwaukee. The ages of the people killed ranged from 8 to 81 years old, and more than 60 people were injured, including at least 18 children. Brooks, who was out on bail from a domestic abuse charge at the time of the attack, faces life in prison if he's convicted of the most serious charge. Yeah, this with this guy, I'm sure, is uh, very much aware that if he cannot afford an attorney to handle his case, that one could be assigned to him. Yes. Okay, so that's a smarter idea than trying to represent yourself from a in, in a situation where you could spend the rest of your life in jail. I remember uh, when court TV started becoming a big thing, you know, with the OJ trial and right. all that stuff. I think it was called something else at the time. Was it court? Was it? Or maybe yeah, it, was, it, was, it started court off TV as court, and now court it's TV. something else. But uh, they had the trial of the Long Island Railroad shooter. Colin Ferguson. I you remember sure this do. whole thing? And then, like, he's like, uh, he's cross-examining witnesses. Well, what did the man look like? Uh, you. The man looked exactly like you. <laughs> Can you identify that man in this courtroom? Yeah. Uh, th- I'm looking at him. This courtroom hijinks that uh, you shouldn't be allowed to represent yourself. Well, it, it's your right. It to is rep- your. To I rep- guess it is your right, yourself. but you, you shouldn't be allowed to. That should be taken away. That right. You should. No, I, I, I think you, you still have that. I think you still have that right. I mean, there are some things that you can do in court that really don't require uh, you hiring an attorney, but there are some things that definitely do, like you know, uh, like a criminal case. But, but the thing I don't understand is, was this guy like? Was he screened to see if he had any kind of mental illness? Uh, he must have. They must do that when somebody does something so grandiose, like kill a bunch of people with your car driving down a sidewalk intentionally. I mean, that would indicate that well, maybe you have some issues going on. Maybe he did. But if he had an attorney yeah. representing him, the ter- the attorney could theoretically you know, handle who he talked to, if he talked to anybody, you know all the discovery items, the complicating factors of uh, of uh, of the case, and every yeah. uh, testimony that uh, that is made, in either you know affidavits or you know, pretrial you know disclosure or whatever it may be. You'd like to think that maybe uh, an attorney, even one that's assigned to you, might be a better choice. I think it would be. Uh, yeah, it probably would be. But, um, you know, why not have a little fun? You're yeah. going to jail anyway for the rest of your life. You might as well go out with a bang. Probably going. Yeah, I mean, he's probably never going to win the case, even if he had, you know, Johnny Cochran, you know, on his on his uh, on this trial. But uh, nevertheless, See, hire an attorney. If I ever had to um, defend myself in some sort of court case, I'd be laughing at like everything. Of course you. When they say penal or briefs, yeah, or, I know. You know, sidebar. It's hard not to laugh when the things like that happen. It's hilarious. Yeah, except except when you're on trial for you're, murdering uh, eighteen people. <laughs> except if your freedom yeah. is is on the line. No, I'm talking about like a, like if I stole something from a pride station, you sure, know, like a pack of gum. I'd be on trial and I'd be creating all kinds of hijinks in the courtroom. By the way, I should point out uh, you don't want to steal something from a pride station. No, I'm just loaded with cameras. I, I, mean, did. I know, but just for the, yeah. the benefit of the audience, how- it says Steve Nagel said uh, he was going to do it, and I'm going to do it too. Well, yes, now, I would get, do it. I would get caught because they do have good. They have the, some of the finest cameras around. Yeah, that's the last station. place you want to roll. 
Uh, I'm just saying, I would get caught almost immediately, and then I would defend myself. Nah, you, a, that's right. You know. Now you're, you're talking. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with a high of uh, 60. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. It's 52 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Joe's a nice guy. Classic Rock. It's 8.50 and Tom Petty. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be uh, wet and rainy today with a high of 60 and uh, sunny and 73 for tomorrow. 52 right now in downtown Springfield. You only have a couple of days left for the Dave Miner Marathon uh, match, the Mayflower Marathon match. He's been doing this for like the last couple of weeks. And he's on with on the phone with us right now from Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements. It's Dave Miner himself. Good morning, Dave. How you doing? Good, good, good. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, listen. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for for doing this. Mayflower Marathon is going to be at the uh, at MGM this year. Been a lot of changes going on with it, but uh, you were among the very first people that hopped on the bandwagon. I think uh, on behalf of everybody here at Rock One Two, we want to extend our gratitude to your effort. We think it's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. You know, we've been with the the Mayflower Marathon the last couple of years, and we figured there's no reason not to do a jump start today uh, early. Um, I do have a couple of challenges that I want to talk to you guys about if we could. Sure. You know, imagine, imagine, you know, we have 100,000 people listening right now probably. If anybody gave five bucks, we'd be way over top. You uh, know? Way um, over. <laughs> okay. But even, even more than that, we have people, we have, you know, I talked to uh, Scott. Um, in a, you know, we have a couple of thousand people who entered almost every solitary contest. Who, you know, we're always willing to give out, you know, if those, if these people would, you know, call up and get ten bucks, twenty five bucks, we'd be way over. Yeah, you know, and I have a lot of competitors out there in the, in the home improvement industry. You know, give us a hand, guys. This is not about me. This is about helping our community. We work in our community. You know, so well, it'd be nice to do yeah, it. You know, you know, we we we've kind of talked about this since the uh, the very beginning here, especially since you know all this kind of. Uh, you know, the, the the reason for us having to move to a new location became news. And and that is, you know, first and foremost, we, you know, we're trying to do what is best for the open pantry and and talk about some of the essential services that they provide, not just uh, the emergency kitchen, but, but some of the other things. I think it's really easy to say, uh, well, this is, you know, th- this is for, 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 for poor homeless people. It's, 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 it's much more than that. This is for people who have suffered, you know, devastating financial loss, property loss, and found themselves in a situation where they can't afford to feed their families or any number of things uh, that they do. It's an essential service. And sometimes we tend to forget the importance of something like this. So, you know, when somebody comes around and says, hey, listen, I'm willing to, to match donations online it has an incredible impact on what we're able to provide in the mayflower marathon for the open pantry so you're absolutely right i mean you know everyone thinks that they got to bring like a a truckload of food that's terrific but you know cash works well don't financial donations go even further than the than the food donations do and and, you know it's amazing at how people are willing to help and 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 follow up like i was at finley park last night and People are donating at Finley Park to help people out in Florida. You know, uh, we're trying to help the people out right here in our in our own community, our own family, friends, neighbors, and you know that's why I jumped on board here to step up. Say, hey, look at if I can give a hand. You know, I work in a community. I'm working for these families, and it's uh, it's my way of giving back to the community. And I'm you know, like I said, it's uh, it's not about Dave Miner. It's not about Rockmont too. It's about helping people. 
Yeah, but you are inspiring other businesses, and uh, that's the key here. That's the thing. We're just trying to get everybody involved, and, uh, again, we do appreciate all your efforts in doing that. Yeah, and we've we've done pretty well with the campaign so far, and I'm going to say thank you for the people who donated five bucks. And we've had some really, really generous donations, and thank you to those people too. So the five dollars help out just as more, much as the the larger donations. And we thank you everybody for helping us out to get there. We have a couple more days. Like I said, the last time we talked, I don't want to stop at ten thousand bucks. And you know, with the donations that we have now. Uh, we're going to be close, and we're going to be above that. But it'd be really nice to have a last couple of days you know, run here where we can double what we've already gotten. You know? Absolutely, it'd be, it'd be very, very nice, and it's a good way of starting off the Mayflower Marathon and our new uh, uh, partnership with MGM. And I think this year is going to be great. I think so too. Dave Miner's uh, Mayflower Marathon match continues through Friday, October seventh. That's this Friday. So if you're going to uh, make your donation, do it now. Go to rock102.com. Click on the banner to donate. All of that money goes directly to the Open Pantry, but it does serve uh, the Mayflower Marathon as we try to help them come the uh, the week of Thanksgiving. Dave Miner, great to, great to talk to you. Thank you so much for all your help. We really deeply appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. You bet. Dave Miner with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. New England Patriots football. Every game, every play, only on Rock 102.